Welcome, dear listeners, to the sophomore episode of Back to the Pictures, the movie review podcast by three university friends taking you on an adventure through time and space. Not to be confused with the popular Einstein theory, rather, we are discussing an era in our lives where we had an abundance of time and space. The three of us lived, studied and raved together as Manchester students between 2005 and 2009, and when we couldn't be found on campus or at legendary Manchester venues such as M2, Font Bar, Subspace and Popolinos, we could be found at home watching the shit out of a ton of movies. Over a decade later, we have decided to regroup and re-watch many of the films we viewed together during those uni days and see what we make of them now in our existential, crisis-ridden and cynical 30s. Follow our journey as each week we resurrect, review and reconsider those motion pictures, movies, flicks, films and features from a simpler time. We are your hosts, Ben. This is Sparta! Rose. And I'm Anton. This is Sparta! I am Ian. This is Sparta! Green. Tell me, Dr. Ogundamu, where are we going this time? So this time we are going back simultaneously. Not only to 480 BC, but 2006. Because the movie is 300. This is Sparta! Anton said he was going to try and control his voice this week. You do realise that's going to be my answer to fucking everything. Yeah. Now, if Challenge nothing accepted. makes sense, I'm just going to be like, this is, <laughs> this is far. <laughs> well, yes, Anton is correct. This week we are reviewing the 2007 mega macho machismo hit 300, uh, directed by He Who Shall not be named or given final cut ever again. <laughs> this movie is based on a 1998 graphic novel by Frank Miller, who also co-penned the screenplay. And the graphic novel itself is based on a 1962 film, The 300 Spartans, that essentially follows the same story. This is the point where we warn you, moving forward, spoilers come quicker than a random rider on a white horse through the fog to sever one's head. So if you want to pause the podcast here and go and watch the movie, that's cool. Or if you don't mind, let's continue on. Nailed it. That was actually sick. Yep. <laughs> or I do it as Dilios. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if you can pull that shit off, go ahead. Go I'm not even joking. This is the point where we warn you. Moving forwards. Spoilers come quicker than a random rider on a white horse through the fog to sever one's head. So, if you want to pause the podcast here, go and watch the movie. That's cool. Or, if you don't mind, let's continue on. Wow. That wasn't too bad! That wasn't too bad! I'm not going to lie, that wasn't too bad, actually. Pretty good, actually. Shit. Oh, Ian, can you say, roll the trailer in his voice? Only the bold. (laughs) (laughs) Only the bold may continue on. (laughs) For honour, roll on. Uh, Roll on? No, say roll Roll the trailer. Roll the trailer. (laughs) No, I'm turning into Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Roll the trailer. I'm not wearing hockey pants. I'm not wearing hockey pants. Fuck's sake, man, you're amateur. <laughs> uh, roll the trailer. We speak. 
Spartans are descended from Hercules himself. Taught never to retreat, never to surrender. Taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. This film is classified as historical fiction. Uh, I can't think of a movie genre that is more of a juxtaposition than this. How can how can history be be fantasy and how can fantasy be history? This is blasphemy. This is madness. I'm not a fan of fantasy or historical fantasy, with the exception of Game of Thrones. I detest Lord of the Rings. I hate Conan the Barbarian. Highlander is Crap. almost a reason why I wasn't friends with Ian. And Clash of the Titans just no so it'll be interesting to hear what i make of 300 not interested about what i have to say about it then is that what we're we're going for because <laughs> i love i love i love the 1962 i love conan the barbarian all our reviewed movies are rated u this stands for university standard and seeing as students generally have lower standards than most other classes of people, viewer discretion is advised. I really enjoyed this film. Um, I'm going to be reviewing it as a movie made of a comic book. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a very biased opinion of this. It's so fucking pumped. Like, All right. Well, let's start with the cast, as always. Gerald Butler. So th- this, this wasn't obviously his first film, but this for me was... It put Gerald Butler on the map. Like, Absolutely. He's the perfect questionable choice of actor to go <laughs> hand in hand with the questionable choice of director. But <laughs> I think every bone in my filmic body tells me this guy is complicit in the mass murder of movies that should have been good but weren't. Like Dracula 2000, uh, Reign of Fire, Law Abiding what? Citizen. Sorry, These Ian. are all great films. What are you saying? <laughs> have you ever After... seen Dracula 2000? Uh, no, 
but the other two I have. Okay, well, let's not mention stinkers like P.S. I Love You. Uh, <laughs> and there's, there's Olympus a, has fallen. There's, which one? Olympus? Angel? Take your pick. They're all falling. Then, P.S. I Love You. I cried like a baby, honestly. That guy took months out of his life. So much time. So much extra training to nail the accent of 400 BC Greeks. <laughs> I, I, I really he thought he was going to say get the, to get the body. Absolutely. <laughs> he pulled it off perfectly. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, not going to lie. One of the questions that I heard someone, someone asked was like, what accent are they doing? And I was like, damn. Well, <laughs> whatever they want <laughs> at the time. Ian's like, can we uh, can we go back to Gerald, my favourite film? Three yeah. hundred or was that? I was like, I was this, I was actually called Get Your Ass to the Gym, you so, fat shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the thing is, this film initially inspired me to hit the gym hard, start getting you know abs. And the more and more I watched the film, I decided that I should actually get more focused on airbrushing and painting <laughs> skills. It literally is so. <laughs> The funny thing is, I, it's, so, it's funny you say that, right? Because I literally, I'm like, freaking hell. I remember the first few times I watched this film, I was like, this is just, this is like embarrassing. These, these pantheons, quite literally, or pinnacles of men. And then you realize there are certain scenes where <laughs> it doesn't matter how they're standing or what they're doing. There are abs, always, <laughs> always, <laughs> just accentuating what's already there. So um, then we've got Lena Heady. Oh, yeah. I, I never know if it's Headley or Heady. Yeah, I knew he would get it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in Headley Lamar's shoes. Lena Headey, who clearly took on this project uh, in the name of research for her future HBO endeavours. Absolutely. She really is honing her smug, stiff, upper lip visage here. Queen of the Andals. But either way, she's fantastic. I don't care. I can't get enough of her, actually. Too many roles to name. Uh, but in my heart, she will always be the lead in the third best thing in the Terminator franchise. <laughs> oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dominic West, who is a great actor, uh, most recently starred in The Affair, which is a show I shouldn't know anything about, but funny enough, I do, and I'm going to get ripped on for that. So he is <laughs> also great in Brassic, uh, The Hour. Um, he's from Sheffield, actually, but does an incredible American accent, so yeah. kudos to him. Vincent Regan as uh, as the captain. What was his name? I have no idea. It's just captain. <laughs> is it? Yeah, really. <laughs> it is actually captain. Well, yeah, he plays the captain. Fair enough. He's born for these kind of roles. He was in uh, Troy, yep. uh, Clash of the Titans. It's one hell of a typecast. Mm. Then David uh, Wenham as Dilius. Yeah. The narrator and the soldier. Um, I'm stumped on this one because I hadn't recognised him from anything. And when looking him up, he's done tons of shit, including yeah, absolutely, uh, really. the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, I remember seeing Van Helsing in the Van cinema. Van Helsing, yeah, but don't remember him. Yeah, and I remember right. watching Public Enemies in 2009 in the cinema. But to be fair, I don't remember much of anything from that piece of shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Mensah, who is the messenger, yeah. probably has the most memorable role in the film, even though he's only on screen for two minutes. Yeah. Oh, I just remember the other thing I was, I was trying to remember David Wenham from. Sorry. And, and now I'm kind of 
glad I did. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not upset. I did remember. Go on. He was, he was also in Iron Fist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Iron Fist. Broke what my a, heart. Things aren't going so well for him, then. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> Broke my heart. Jeez. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, that's, a, that's an entirely different podcast in itself. Yeah, it was a podcast that will never see the light of day, Abs- thankfully. Absolutely not. <laughs> Mensa was in Spartacus. I think that's where everyone knows him from. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A- and I had to look this up um, because I didn't know. When I typed in 300 to Google, Michael Fassbender came up. Yeah. Mate, mate, are you He's serious? First lead role. We always use fire. Yeah. For Sparta. I, I didn't know For that was freedom. him. freedom. To the death. To the death. I was like, why are you yeah. fucking shouting at Leonidas? Calm down. Because <laughs> he's Magneto. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, all like I want to know... Away. Spoilers, but all I want to know is how the hell did they lose when Magneto had all that freaking metal around him? Seriously. With shields. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's pretty much the, the cast, There's as it were. one other cast member that I think is worthy of, of mentioning. Let's uh, hear it. You've left off, unfortunately. Uh, it's a gentleman called Dennis St. John. Uh, who did an amazing role at playing the Spartan baby inspector. <laughs> I think he always should have got an Oscar for that role. He nails it. So, oh my God. So he was the, just, just wanted to give a the, shout out. The eugenics representative. <laughs> oh dear. Oh my god. Unfortunately, there's not many films where they need a baby inspector, so. Uh... <laughs> oh, Nailed dear. it. We usually do this, um, but why is the film called 300? It's 300 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> what the? With the special features. It definitely felt that way. That's how, that's how long that's how long Stag Zyder, Zach Snyder's original cut was. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, so, in, in, genuinely, it was actually named so the the Battle of Thermopylae, mm. which in itself, like, so obviously in, in the research of doing this, I learned a lot about the Battle of Thermopylae. But they actually uh, they refer to the three hundred men that Leonidas took um, as bodyguards to basically kind of meet the the Persian. Army head on. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack with that uh, description, of course. Absolutely. We'll get, Absolutely. We'll get there. But um, I loved the movie when we saw this. We saw this movie. We watched this in the cinema, right? Absolutely. I, I remember us walking out and talking about it. Well, that hyped. Before that happened, am I imagining things? But did the did the film cut out halfway through? Yeah. It did. It did. It did. It did. The fire alarm go off. Was the fire alarm separate, though? The fire alarm, I remember, we had to go all the way around the building. Yeah, but and pretty we, much goes straight back in again. But this this one, I thought the film like cut out at the bit where those two women are kissing in Cersei's chamber when he's trying to uh, get the guy to turn sides. That's when it happened. Did it? I can't remember. I can't remember exactly when. We definitely, we definitely, I def, maybe Ian's right. That that was the time where the no, fire alarm went off. The cinema definitely gave zero fucks because even with the, the um, fire alarm, you walked back in and the film was playing. And they hadn't rewound it. I don't know if you can rewind films in the cinema, but it was just plain. So it was just like, right, well, you've missed a chunk you've of missed, it. Yeah, so. Jesus. It was at AMC, and it would be two years 
later when we paid good money to see Meet the Spartans at the same place. <laughs> oh my God, are you serious? A film so bad, you knew that's what you were paying to see before you even sat down. Oh, wow. That's Wasn't crazy. there ever running a stupidly short running time? Yeah, like, it was like it was like yeah, seventy five minutes. minutes or that's I was really excited to to rewatch this because in two thousand and I think it was two thousand six, two thousand seven. I think it was two thousand six, because it, this kind of film was cutting edge, and I wanted to know if it would still hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, Zack Snyder was still just that cool director who reimagined Dawn of the Dead and yeah. a film we all saw well me and Ian saw in the cinema I remember in 2004 uh, Snyder would go on to direct an admirable attempt at adapting Watchmen to the big screen yeah. he then fell off the deep end completely but we can't allow ourselves to go there with the time constraints it we was have. just one of those things where you know like the first time you saw the slow motion in 300 you were just like this guy's incredible and then you <laughs> forgot, then you didn't and then unfortunately we realised that that's just how he shoots his films. Yep. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's how, that's, that's how he walks in real life. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's no wonder why his films take so long. That's, that's him watching them in real time. Oh, God. So with, with your permission, we can sidestep the calamitous fuck punch that was the entire DCEU. Oh, oh God. Suffice to say, though, at the time... Snyder was so cutting edge, he had a very defiant directing style, as you say, Anton, of just yeah. slow-mowing the shit mm. out of everything and completely not bothering with cutaways. This style yeah. um, was exemplified in this movie, but... Oh, man, it was so, like, man, it, it was... I mean, we'll get to it, but it was it just worked so perfectly. It, it, it worked absolutely like a dream in this film because this film... And again, we'll, we can open this up a lot later. It was just adapting a comic book. Exactly. Shot for sh- like each shot of the movie was exactly. clearly like a panel from a comic book. That's actually a, that's, uh, that's actually the style that they were aiming for. Yeah. Shot for shot, shot to shot production. It was called. That's the how they was... pitched the film to Warner Brothers yeah. and got it sold. Was they yeah. paid someone to animate the original comic art? Oh um, wow! And then put a voice over the top of it. Um, and they only included certain parts moving, like flames and people's eyes and things like that. And then they filmed a 90-second fight scene, I believe, with a single Spartan, and Sick. that's what got the film he signed off. So. Yeah. Nice. Nice factoid. I, I mean, the fact remains that uh, Zach might be the most famous modern Hollywood director because he is so Marmite, it's impossible to determine <laughs> what... Zack Snyder is, is he the worst director to ever grace Tinseltown or the most underestimated or most misunderstood artist in the world? We may never know because the debate is so 50-50. I think he's a cunt, but let's just move on. (laughs) It's funny because there's certain things I do appreciate. Uh, I mean, I make fun of the whole, like, length of certain things, but I appreciate the the willingness to tell a, a particular story in a particular way. And not, I suppose, not be moved on it, but even still, like, in, in certain ways it works and in other ways it doesn't, 100%. Hmm. Shall we dive into the plot? In 479 BC, one year after the Battle of Anopoli, Dilios, a hoplite in the Spartan army, begins his story by depicting the life of Leonidas. Um, from childhood... Uh, to kingship via Spartan doctrine. 
Didios' story continues, uh, and a Persian herald arrives at the gate of Sparta, demanding earth and water, as a token of submission to King Xerxes. The Spartans reply by throwing the envoy and his escorts down the bottomless pit. Leonidas then visits the Ephors, uh, proposing a strategy to drive back the numerically superior Persians through the hot gates. His plan involves building a wall in order to funnel the Persians into a narrow pass between the rocks and the sea, negating the Persian advance in numbers, uh, the Persian advantage in numbers, and giving the Greeks heavy infantry an advantage over the vast waves of Persians' light infantry. The Ephors consult the Oracle, who decrees that Sparta may not go to war during the Carnea. As Leonidas angrily departs, the agent from Xerxes appears awarding the affords for their covert support well if the purpose of the opening scene was to get me to hate sparta mission accomplished <laughs> like i was it, gonna say it, pretty much you got it, you got it hard you had it hard when you were born in sparta pretty much that was it yeah. you, you you start with leonidas being he's shown being inspected with the possibility of being cast off a cliff if any birth defects are uncovered, I mean, how am I supposed to feel about that? As do, you know, are? do you know? Do you know what the funny thing is? Because <laughs> obviously, I looked a lot of this up. Um, that, according to historians, is a romantic a romanticization, right, of that particular of that particular um, practice by Spartans. Because literally, it came down to if you had a birthmark in the wrong place, they would discard you. Infanticide. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. God, you got to love them Spartans. <laughs> that is... Look, the, the, the kid is left in the wilderness and forced to battle a wolf to the death. I'm on board with this. I can handle that. But I'm not going to lie. I'm already disturbed by the hint of pro-eugenics in this movie. Oh, it's, oh, it, and, 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 and it just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's so yeah. funny now because watching it then and watching it now, it's just so... It's different in that, in that sense. It, it, literally, it literally was almost... You just kind of had to turn off what it was uh, and almost see it as oh the good guys versus the bad guys which in itself is probably the actual major issue <laughs> another thing we'll yeah, get they, to I'm sure absolutely they, they only tell you of the victories and the glory and the greatness in this film at no point do they show you the darker side where people don't make it and uh, mm. I think that you know it seems to suggest that all of them make it and all of them are great because you just don't see that that, that side. Well, I'm. Um, well, on this scene, did you know that um, Snyder put his own kid in this scene? Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't know the, that. Yeah, I heard the, about that. The young, uh, the young, and Leonidas he's fighting uh, Leonidas's stunt double. Okay. Uh, so Leonidas's dad in the film is actually Joel Butler's stunt double. Sounds extremely unnecessary, but yeah, sounds nice. It, so- it sounds like something that cast the casting department could have completely taken care of, but <laughs> Zack Snyder has to have his hand in it. <laughs> How much are the effects going to cost? <laughs> Shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll bring Eli, my son in. Eli, and... <laughs> get over here! You need to roll around and stop it! I know you're seven! I, I know, know you're seven! seven. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we I know need you're you seven. to play... <laughs> we need you to play uh, Leonidas' dad. I'm dressed up to play a Spartan. Well, you're dressed already. <laughs> oh, you're dressed already! <laughs> uh, oh, brilliant! <laughs> I gotta give it to Zack Snyder as well. Like the opening color wash, it's so clear this is his film. It's brilliant. Like the so so apparently that whole the, a lot of the 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 coloring within the film they actually called it 
the crush. That's what they that's what the, the special effects team called it, and it was the ability to be able to basically determine and use kind of colours and the tones and set it as a whole within like an, on top of the actual real footage um, to kind of make it more like a comic book movie. So, I mean, I, I got it. Like, I, heard, I watched 300 and then obviously looked, up, looked it up after. And when someone mentioned it was a graphic novel, I was like, right, that makes sense now. I, I actually got that yeah. from the film. So I thought that was pretty good. I just thought that the opening scene, the montage of you know the rise of Leonidas, that shit looked like one of Batman's dreams from Batman vs Superman or Justice League. You know, like completely washed out. Like the color is the grit is the jarring with what you are actually seeing. And I think I think I think that works. I think that works in Three Hundred. I think it doesn't work in Batman vs Superman, which is unfortunately the 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 mark and the hand of Snyder in in everything. We get bombarded right out of the gate with what Sparta's all about. After the retelling of Leonidas' story, it tells us what we need to know about these guys, uh, how we can consider these guys heroes, I'm still trying to figure out, cultivating loyalty to Sparta through military training, indoctrinating them, Hitler youth, essentially. I mean, definitely you would come back strong. I mean, what they were trying to do, if this, I don't think this represents what actually happened in real life completely. I think there was probably elements of it, but you get what they're trying to do. It's just fucking crazy to think that's what you would go through. And it's either that or death, I think is what scares me. Whereas some people I think would thrive and grow from this. Whereas others, you know, Hmm. would be far better at something else. You don't have to be able to kill a wolf to be great. strong. (laughs) (laughs) But the the film's uh, main narrative starts when the messenger shows up and the messenger has come in and he's got a bad attitude, obviously. Uh, he insults Sparta and Leonidas' queen. Leo says, let's take a walk. And all of the Spartans ominously follow. Clearly, they were going to kill him the moment he got there. He leads him to the pit on purpose. It's just like, for me, that pit, right? <laughs> Where, like, why is there just a massive hole? <laughs> In a, how many kids have just been like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. The Sarlacc pit was older than we thought. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like... It's just a massive hole in the sea. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, obviously Xerxes sent his most competent messenger, and the guy didn't see them walking towards a massive gaping abyss. Do you mean like he walked around yeah. it like oh, that's peculiar? <laughs> wouldn't that fucking hole stink as well? Like the amount of like dead people down at the bottom. Of it, it depends how far it goes, mate. Bottomless, isn't it? It's got to apparently, go really bot- fucking bot- yeah. bottomless. Apparently, I hope so. It's like cause... a clown's pocket. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I I think uh, the Spartans make things worse for themselves in this scene. They they kill the other four slaves that accompanied the messenger. Couldn't they have let them go? No, 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 no victims, no surrender, no survivors. Well, you say that. What what I don't get is, does Xerxes just wait around and like those messengers will be back any day? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Two weeks pass. He's like, yeah, maybe maybe something's happened. Like. I... Did they send more messengers who were then like, oh, okay, you killed the last ones, got it. Like, when he's deciding whether to kill down the well or not. <laughs> Just imagine yeah. the whole time, like, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to fucking kill down the fucking well. Absolutely going to nail this cunt. <laughs> 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 Just... It's just, he's not, con- 
contemplating if it's going to happen. It's just like, <laughs> fuck you. Just cannot wait, 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 wait for this. He's, he's just going to... <laughs> <laughs> It's like with Xerxes, he's like, I can't wait to pull that fucking ring out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's, it's, the, it's, the re- it's the reference and the fact that Sparta, Sparta won't surrender. And it's I, like, I, I think it was literally because Zack Snyder couldn't live without the, this is Sparta! Thing, well, again, this this is the whole different scene. In real life, what happened, I don't think Leonidas fucking kicked a guy down the Paulus bit, but in the comic book, it's word for word. Absolutely. That's the other thing. It's a film of a comic book. Absolutely. If you look too deep into history, go watch the 1962 one. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Literally, that that scene is taken straight out of the comic book. As in panel for panel, you can actually see Hmm. the panel of him kicking uh, the messenger and him him kicking in the movie. I have my own problems with Frank Miller. (laughs) We'll get to that. Um, I, I just think that uh, the Spartans were missing a trick here. Just you know, take a walk with me on this one. Leonidas, him kicking the messenger down the down the Zarlac, it it's tantamount to his character flaws overall. What did the messenger ask for? He wanted earth and water, which is like some soil and water. It's a gesture. It's a symbol of good faith. Fucking give it to him, Sun Tzu, the art of war. What did he say? All warfare is based on deception. Send the messenger home happy. Buy yourself some time. Perhaps until after the religious holiday, maybe, where you can assemble a massive army. The only thing holding Leonidas back from outthinking Xerxes is his false pride. This is war. Fuck honesty. The whole that, film, well, the whole, the whole situation could have been sorted out if he had just played it a bit more clever. Well, that and the millions of Persians, uh, at least according to the film, that were just going to come in and stomp the hell out of Sparta. It's, it's funny because there's but, loads of it where I looked at there's loads of the film, and obviously, again, even we'll touch upon later, there's loads of film where I was just like, Leonidas could have literally just been the Don of Greece. But that, it's like the Don of Greece against who? But no, the, what I'm saying is that he, the guy says, I want, I want uh, a token so I can take it back to Xerxes and know that you're playing ball, so give me some water and some soil. Placate him. Give him what he wants. You're deceiving him. But all's fair in love and war. I'm sorry. But that isn't the that isn't the that isn't the Spartans. That's not the Spartan way. Not not this Sparta. I mean, we we throw we throw kids into pits because they're <laughs> because yeah. because they're not they're not built they're not built right. That's not that's not how we roll in this Sparta. I think trying to get in the mind of the, the culture they have of just like that warrior lifestyle. You're you're especially considering the rest of Greece had also at that point rejected because he mentions yep. that. Yep. They had openly rejected the, the, uh, the, the Athenian so, boy lovers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Athenian boy lovers have rejected them. So, what makes you think Sparta would do it? It was exactly. never going to happen. Sparta's gone. Never, never going to happen. Probably got a top it. Like you said, he, he led him to that pit. Probably because he's like, right. They said no. I'm going to kick the guy down a fucking. Way. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Greece ain't ready my, for you this. Insult my queen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The funny thing is, you know the you know the line that actually um, that Queen Gorgo says. About because only Spartans give birth to real men. Apparently, it's actually something that she actually said. Oh wow! Okay. You mean Lena Headey? No. I, <laughs> <laughs> she was. She didn't even know she was in the film. They very, very heavily go into the fact that this is like the first democracy yeah. in in like I suppose in the world, and the checks and balances going on here. It's clearly framed. This Senate are like the American uh, Congress. 
and they're not in the mood for Leonidas's aggressive foreign policy. Leonidas hates that he can't just do whatever the fuck he wants. And it's like Bush asking Congress to let him send more troops to Iraq. Even if that's not true, it's, it still makes for a really funny piece of propaganda. Absolutely, because at the time when the films came out, that's what was going on. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. after 2002 plus, all of that was in the media. And as much as the, the director denies it and says it's just a film yeah, of a comic book, yeah. the scenes they added have definitely all been influenced by the times. One thing they did actually echo, funny enough, because apparently this is, again, historically, where obviously there's a lot, there's a lot of contradiction almost in kind of Spartan culture and, and the, the, just in Spartan culture in itself in the whole them fighting for democracy, yet apparently having more slaves or kind of than anything, or so, something along those lines. But also, in the, the funny thing was apparently women were actually given more rights than normal in that time as well. So the whole thing with him checking with his, you know, his wife, and she kind of gives that nod, mm. as in like, yeah, we're mm-hmm. with you. Like, that's apparently all that, that again, all, all kind of reminiscent, is probably the better way to put it, rather than, than reflective, reminiscent of Spartan culture. I mean, I, what I don't know is what the fuck was the UK doing at this time? It would have been great to actually look that up, sorry. But what the fuck was the UK in 480 BC? They were probably druids sacrificing people for the harvest. Yeah, exactly. Probably, <laughs> probably, 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 probably far, far worse than the Spartans, to be fair. That's, ex- well, that's exactly what they were doing, though. The, yeah. the, the British Isles were, were quite late to the party. Are you looking it up? Yeah, of course I am. Is this 450 BC? Yeah, some, some, I'd put 480. Okay, so then it would have been the Celtics. Battle of, Battle of Thermopylae. Oh, it's 480. 480, yeah, 480 BC. 480. Yeah, so it would have been, would have been Celt, the Celts before the Romans. Sorry, I don't know what we're doing. Is this? Are we doing 300? <laughs> we're, not even on the fucking, we're not even on the radar at 480 BC. You weren't kidding. Fucking good job. This is madness! Le- Leonidas, yeah. right, goes to see those elders, and is anybody else getting, like, that Red Skull vibe when he's the guide for the Soul Stone? Or <laughs> <laughs> the E-Force. A little bit. Just, just when he's, like, getting up that cliff and the guy says, come with me, you know. Um, <laughs> I-, I can't believe how hard it is for a king slash general to speak with the elders, it's harder than getting a manager to speak to you from Amazon customer services. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Miller was clearly going in deep on the estate, on the establishment, sorry, here. These guys are barely human, disease, old mystics, he calls them, outdated traditions and beliefs, dictating modern law. It's the fucking House of Lords, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, those ethos were disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Their design is borrowed heavily from Voldemort because <laughs> they've got no noses. <laughs> and then they've got that sinister licking of the virgins oh, gives us, giving off fucking Prince Andrew vibes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, try to get that image out of your head. Wow. <laughs> but this is oh. just... This, this isn't what? a mad is that they're actually based on politicians i believe from the time when they were like house of lords representatives the afford they weren't like anything like they were in the comic or this movie i believe they were just effectively like house of lords things yeah and this is this is what frank miller is is portraying them as this is what he is representing them as and this is ancient greece and the first bastion of democracy in the world absolutely fucking sucks according to frank miller (laughs) I mean, what, there are no checks and balances. What exactly is Leonidas allowed to do? He's completely at the... I, 
this is a complete guess, but I'm pretty sure I either watched or read somewhere that there's no way that they wouldn't go to war if they're about to be invaded. They wouldn't, I think, go to war, but if they're being invaded, they're not going to be like, we're going to let them just walk in, lads. You know, it's fucking August. So it's more, it's you know? more the fact that the, it, was, it was due to the Carnea. That was the big thing. Yeah. The, the festival of the Carnea, they weren't allowed to, they weren't, it was they meant to, it was meant to be deemed that they weren't allowed to go to war. That was actually one of the biggest things that that Leonidas was 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 fighting against. But the funny thing is, in in the actual history, to actually prevent that, the Spartans, the Spartan actually, the actual council, etc., were like, "Look, we can't go to war." However, there's no reason Leonidas can take his can take 300 bodyguards to go, and in essence, in essence, almost kind of scout or. or be like the first line of defense or kind of see what they what what needed to be done and that was actually how they got around it and it wasn't actually just the united that decided it it was actually done it was spartan council that did it they were like okay look we can't so that's why we're not going to send the whole army because then we're technically not going to war so you know funny enough the plot that they actually use in the film is again a lot of it does kind of mirror what was done historically it's more the themes behind it that a lot of people take take uh what's what i'm looking for exception to exception to yeah I, I believe um, when they was filming this, they said that there's a lot of stuff that isn't historically going to make sense. Like, even the phalanx they fight in and stuff like that. Yeah. It was the rule of cool. If it's cool, we do it that way. Like, fucking Sparta just walking up to the hot gates. And Greece just stumbles across them. Like, oh, we heard you were heading there. It's like, no, you definitely would have sent messengers. There's no way you're just, perchance, going to sit with an army in a field waiting for the Spartans to walk past. So... Well the, the, well, the whole point is the entire, the entire. This, this thing's obviously based on the comic itself, so it's always going to be that. Um, it, it, was, it was never say what you want about kind of the themes and everything behind it, but in essence, at the core of it, it's a comic book movie. That's why I don't, I don't watch this. I don't take effect uh, against any of the. I mean, for those of people who don't know, for the podcast, if they didn't get from my name, I come from African descent myself. <laughs> a lot of the people, a lot of the uh, Persian army were Africans themselves. Mm. I, I personally, for me, this this this, is, this doesn't tell my history. I'm not bothered about it. Do you know what I mean? It literally is just about. It's a comic book movie. That's genuinely how I see it. So I watch it for what it is. I'm trying to remember the the real life one. I'm sure they took more, and it turned so, out that they couldn't fight. Do you do you, you able? To no. So basically, what it was what, what it was was so it was the time of the festival of Carnea and also the time of the Olympic Games. So funny enough, the ephors and the actual council were thought that there was enough, there was actually, there, it was, there was justifiable enough threat for Leonidas to, or an advanced expedition to go and block that particular pass. However, because of the Carnea, they couldn't take the, the Spartan army. That's why he didn't take the, they didn't take the Spartan army. So, funny enough, the, the council themselves actually said, yes, go, but we can't, we, we can't, we, we know it's a sufficient enough threat, but we can't, we have to follow the, the law. And so he was like, yeah, cool. All right, we'll, we'll, go, do that, we'll, we'll go do that then. I'll take 300 bodyguards and we'll go see what's what and block that particular, uh, that other pass as well. Well, before we move on, does anybody want to talk about the Fifty Shades of Grey moment? Uh, <laughs> I just remember that. I, I just remember watching, I remember the, the first time my uh, parents wanted to watch it. Um, and it was like, yeah, cool, cool. But I just remember knowing that part was coming up. And it was just like, yeah, cool. Um, I'm going to strategically go to the toilet now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a shit coming on. <laughs> One second. <laughs> a shit about two minutes, about two minutes and 35 seconds long. <laughs> I, felt, I felt a shit yeah. coming on, but that was only because I thought the scene was terrible. It's like a CK1 for men advert. 
<laughs> with, with, you know, it was just with the, the fade-ins and the fade-outs. It's a sex scene. It's so uncool, and it shows no directional vision or flair whatsoever. I thought it was awful. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Sure. That's great. And, and I, I, just, I thought... I th- both. You're fucking I th- high. I think, I think it was funny, though, as well, that because obviously Lena Headey, Lena Headey is uh, topless in it, but then she wouldn't get topless for the... Well, she, well, she had to get naked. Um... But there was kind of she didn't she didn't the Cersei walk she didn't do it. No, it was a body double. That was a body double, yeah. Although the Euphors have denied him permission to mobilize Sparta's army, Leonidas discovers three hundred of his best soldiers in the guise of his personal bodyguard. They are joined along the way by a force composed of a few thousand Arcadians and other Greeks. At Phanopoli, they construct the wall using slain Persian scouts as mortar. Stelios, an elite Spartan soldier, orders the enraged Persian emissary to return to his lines and warns Xerxes after cutting off his whip and arm. The idea for this film being completely uh, green screened, I mean, the chroma key is quite simple. It's not something that hasn't been used in different guises throughout film history. It's basically combining two images into one, right? I, I just I know that the double exposure, uh, te- the the technique of double exposure has been used for like well over a hundred years. Even like Who Framed Roger Rabbit is an example where you put the cartoons next to the humans. The only difference is now like they use green, and I think is it is it that they use green because it's it's so different from skin tone. The funny thing is, the actually uh, three hundred itself was used was done with blue screen. Mm. I believe they did that because the blue works better against the red capes. So the right. colouring afterwards, the red would stand out more. Whereas if you put red on green, it's harder to differentiate. There you go. Wow, John, that makes sense. They've... There you go. So I, want, I once read... The film was done in green screen. I, want, I once read that the um, the reason why uh, Freddy Krueger's jumper in Nightmare on Elm Street is green and red is because it was they did research that those two colours together are the most jarring colours possible. So that's probably why they didn't use green. It's interesting. I just think some people have judged 300 unfairly. People point out the some of the the less uh, solid parts where you like see some of the fingers are green. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But oh wow! Yeah, you can see what? some some of the people's fingers are painted green because they haven't keyed out the chroma <laughs> very well. But still, this film broke ground using it like for the whole film. So I think it should be yeah. cut some slack. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. I think there was like only one scene filmed outside. Apparently, some scene with horses or something. And mm. uh, that was the only scene filmed outside, like outdoors. Everything else was just blue screen, really? which is crazy. Which is crazy. I mean, I'm, 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 when I was reading about it, so I saw something about Lena Headey saying it was almost a little bit surreal because the only thing you had to connect to was like the other person you were acting with because it was just all blue screen, mm. <laughs> pretty much. I can imagine that being really fucking difficult. It's got to be crazy. Like, the level after, like, just imagining that what's happening. Can what's you imagine Christian on? Bale? <laughs> He'd be like... <laughs> Walking oh. around in the fuck. <laughs> I'm trying I to kill some Persians. <laughs> they're walking around in the back. Because all I can see is fucking green. And then, what's Sean doing? What's Sean doing Sean, walking in here? They're fucking done. We're, we're done. We're fucking done professionally. Professionally, we're done. <laughs> Uh, kick your fucking ass. Yeah, so the... Sorry, I've got, I think I've got a cold coming on. The... the just because you mentioned Ian in that... Uh, in that section where they construct the wall using the slain Persian... The scouts. 
maybe it is a good time that we talk about this Persian. Right back then, it was the Persian army, but it's really the Iranian Empire, right? This was the um, Persian Greco War, or one of them. I think there was yeah. like th- two or three. Per- Persia was the shit back then, right? And that's why the Spartans are sympathetic because they are just outrageously outnumbered. But, but Sparta was the dominant military power in all of Greece, which the Persians would have seen as Western civilization. The film gets proper into the 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 history of Greece being a very civilized democracy with a strong social system, military services mandatory. Yeah, Anton, you said earlier women had quite a few rights back then. Mm. And then it portrays the Persians. <laughs> I mean, come on! Not, well, not not even just the, not even just the Persians. Anyone who wasn't deemed as as Spartan, just say Nazi poster boy. Spart, part, yeah, <laughs> Spart, as a Spartan poster boy. It's our first introduction to Quasimodo. He's, he's left. He's left the church <laughs> in, in France and decided, fuck it. I want to. I want to be a Spartan. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ethiopes, who was obviously like saved from discarding from by his uh, by his uh, mum, and then it's funny because I actually went through it, and now it's probably a best. Now it's probably the best, one of the best times to do it, even though there's going to be kind of it, it goes ahead of itself. But I literally went through each of the of the Persian representations, if you will, yeah, and to, to kind of determine. What what uh, race or nationality they most likely were? <laughs> it was actually a pretty fun oh. exercise to, to go through because that's literally what they're doing. So obviously, at first you had the Persians, and the majority of the Persians dark skinned, etc. Persians in Africa is obviously like uh, dark skinned, etc. Things like that, and then you had the immortals, blatantly meant to represent the Chinese. Oh, oh yeah, Th- those immortals. I don't understand. They're wearing Mengu style masks, and they got Japanese yeah. samurai swords. They got Chinese Japanese swords. It's like okay, cool. Then we had the the uh, the barbarians who were basically like blatantly African old African warriors because they all had the animal heads on, you know, with the white war paint that yeah. the Africans had as well. It's, so it pretty much is just so many just kind of representations of different different uh, cultures. Although here's the funny thing, apparently. Cersei, Xerxes in this one, um, I was called Cersei. Xerxes in this one apparently was was made to look more like he had African descent, which apparently a lot of the Iranians found very kind of offensive, even though he was played by a, a, a Spanish actor, Rodrigo Santoro. Uh, oh wow! That's true. I, I thought across uh, the Middle East they they weren't happy because the character was clearly androgynous and non-binary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feminine. Well, even on that, even on that particular point, Zack Snyder has actually admitted that the whole point he, he purposely made uh, Xerxes effeminate. So one obviously kind of contradicts what Spartans were the manly men, but two, but also to make <laughs> to make a lot of the men feel uncomfortable about that. Because Andy quotes, "What's more scary <laughs> than?" Give me a second. I need to actually get this particular quote. Something on the lines of what's more scary than an, an effeminate, uh, androgynous woman, um, man-woman wants to have their way with you. <laughs> it wor- uh, unfortunately, oh it, uh, unfortunately, it, wor- <laughs> it works. Wow. You can't say that it's not 
if it's not Islamophobic, it's Iranophobic. I mean, I, th- I think it is, but I know people will disagree That's with me. Based like, for me, for, like I said, I don't, I can't, I don't watch the, it. I can't. I, for me, I can't stress enough that, and I can understand. I can understand people getting offended by it, and I can understand. It was probably quite a uh, a good marketing point for the film. But we're judging it now with eyes from 2022, where that kind of shit potentially could never, wouldn't be done. Well, yeah, I just but even then, I mean, there's a difference between being taken aback by someone's appearance that differs from your own, and then seeing monsters and goblins and gargoyles in your collective representation. Like we try not to let politics seep into this, into our reviews here, but. You know, people can research on their own comments Frank Miller has made about Islamic culture and and its link to terrorism. You can find that online by yourself. The fact is, this movie is about a conflict between two ambitious superpowers. Uh, you got and, and in this film, the Greeks are good and the and Islam slash Iran is bad. That's that's the yeah. black and white of it. Yeah, it's very much the whole. Think, it's very much the whole East versus West. Like they were, they were very much representing on that. Mm. I believe as well, I can't remember where I read this, but it's also the beginning of this film, from the beginning to the very end, all the way through, we're hearing Dilios tell the story of Leonidas. Yep. Oh, yeah. So this is yep. the most biased story right from the start. It's Everyone pure propaganda. Was a monster. And the, and the Everything they think was, was, you know, glorious and great. The whole point we're not watching well it until it happens. The whole point as well, as you've nailed it as well, uh, Ian, as well, is the fact that, and this is one of the... Anyway, they probably actually used it to play devil advocate, but Dilios was was meant to be saying it to rile up the Greeks. So, yeah, it, like you said, it's very much meant. To, it's very much like you know, like how you tell. The whole point was Dilios had the reason he was he was told to go was because he can tell a story, and he would very much kind of uh, embellish elements of it from the get go because that's what that's yeah. basically what it was done it was meant to be it was meant to tell a story to rile up the Greeks and uh, and the rest of Sparta to be able to say look go and tell this so again we're not we're not even necessarily seeing what happened in the film if that makes sense we're seeing Delios tell it as he as it's spoken to other people yeah so so it's basically it's basically kind of used as to seen as like a, it's almost like a, it's 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 a perspective it's all a perspective rather than it is what actually happened. Funny, funny enough, I, I was just looking at my notes and I just remembered. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you know when the, that emissary um, is walking up to them? Yeah. I don't know what they're shouting when he's, I think he's saying move, right? But for yeah. some reason, it just sounds like he's shouting MILF. <laughs> MILF. <laughs> to the point I've actually written it down and I didn't understand why it was. I've written MILF, a whipping, emiss- em- whipping emissary. And I'm like, what? Hey, I've just what looked does it up. that mean? I've just looked it up. John Chow was in this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, literally, yeah. It just literally decided like it was, it was like, <laughs> it literally was just saying MILF, MILF. <laughs> Nice little tidbit there. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot, maybe maybe not everyone knows this, but the, the arrows will blow out the sun and we will fight in the shade was actually apparently said. Yeah, and a actually also, it's actually also used in, in Greek, uh, in, in Greece's... Military, on, I think right? it's, on, it's on their military. I think it's actually on their, um, on their yeah. uniform. Yeah, there's a couple of lines from... Yeah, there's quite a few. How do, not how the movie. Not, I keep going to say from the film, it? but it's not. 
How did they know? How did they know they said it? Like that's that that that's just crazy. Just sass lasts forever, I guess. <laughs> sass, sass, sass lasts forever. Yeah, what he said to it, we told him we were fighting the shade. <laughs> oh, we could say the same about Moses, Jesus, Muhammad. Yeah, it's it's like, true, actually. Yeah, it's true. It's like there's only there's only one thing that they all agree that they said, which is I never fucking said that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Leonidas County's Ifeltes. Ifeltes crutch. Ifeltes crutch. Ifeltes. Fuck's sake, man! You're amateur. Meanwhile, Leonidas. Literally, F-E. So spell felt. Spell the word felt. Meanwhile, Leonidas encounters F.E. I'm not wearing hockey pants! <laughs> <laughs> we were never making it, were we? We were never fucking making it. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Leonidas encounters F.E.L.T.'s, a deformed Spartan whose parents fled Sparta to spare him certain infanticide. Ephialtes asked to redeem his father's name by joining Leonidas's army, warning him of a secret path the Persians could use to outflank and surround the Spartans. Though sympathetic, Leonidas rejects him since his deformity physically prevents him from holding his shield high enough, potentially compromising the phalanx formation. Nicely done. Ephialtes, you'll never forget that name now. Ephialtes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work please, out. Please cut that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's going in the final already. cut now. You know that's going in. Fucking regret it. I was trying to work out what the film was trying to say. I think it's the effects of being left out. It's a troubling thing for for a kid, and this is like the playground at school. You're left out. Everyone should get a chance to play, but because you're different, you, you know. At some point, I'm sure one of the Spartans says to Leonidas, "It." It has followed us this far. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he says it. So when you ostracize people from society, they will come back and bite you. Sometimes it's the form of a mass shooting in a high school. And I'm not being flippant, but that's how it how it is. I don't know if Leonidas, again, missed a trick here. You think you've dealt with a problem, but you've left a man now who already clearly had a psychological problem. And you're about to fight a war. You shouldn't have been so dismissive. Didn't see him as a danger at all. You know, he told you about the secret gate. Hubris dismissed this as not being a problem. If you weren't going to let him play, you're left with only one choice. I think he should have killed him. (laughs) (laughs) The guy... Wait, wait, what? (laughs) That that changed direction so fucking... (laughs) What just just happened? I was like... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Think of it. What? Strategy. <laughs> <laughs> <Entire> strategy. 
for Get this outside. for this I'm, war. I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Sorry. Okay. I, I think I'm getting that. I think I know where you're going. With yeah. It, the, the, it's like this. Oh. This whole strategy. He's using a choke point strategy to win this fight. Right. <clears throat> you're nullifying the enemy's combat effectiveness by <laughs> by making them making their numbers count for nothing. A guy has come up to you who wants to join your army and says, I know of a secret passage that will completely fuck your entire operation here. Can I join your army? No, you can't join my army because you are, quote-unquote, disabled. And we don't accept disabled people in my army. The guy then throws his shield off of the pier, off of the rocks, and says, Mother and Father, you were wrong. I hate Sparta. If I'm Leonidas, I'm thinking, I need to cover all my bases here. I should be concerned that there is a secret passage, and I should be concerned that the guy, there's one guy who knows about it who I've just severely pissed off. Would you stop the guy from shooting at the top of the bell tower if you could? Yeah, you'd yeah. fucking kill him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just, the direction was just, you know, like, it was one of those scenes in those films, you know, where it's just like, this is the, this is the kind of the epilogue. Where you're coming through there, and you're saying what the whole what the whole meaning was, like like Jerry's final moment is like, how does this fucking stop him? That's on Jesus. Quasimodo is the problem. Fuck off to France, back to the, back, back to the church. Let me, let me frame this in a different way. You've just been informed of a... Ma- you've just been told that the Death Star has an exhaust port. And, and you found this out before the fight. Yeah, exactly. you're, like, you're like, who the fuck knows about this? Yeah, exactly. Okay? Exactly. But Leonidas is like, I don't care about a secret passage. You're like, whoa, hold on. Hold on, hold on. This is a huge problem in your plan that this, this passage exists. Don't fuck off the one person that can screw you over here. I think there's a, a few cases throughout, at least some films and books and whatnot I've read for the year, military things where you've had like covert teams or covert forces hidden and like farmers have stumbled across them and kids have stumbled across them and there's quite a few cases where they just don't kill them. They just make them promise they won't say anything and let them go. Hmm. I'm sure there's loads of cases otherwise, but... Maybe Leonidas was feeling that too, where he's like, I'm, you know, I'm not just going to murder. He wants to be a Spartan. I know he's pissed him off, but I mean, maybe the guy should have just, you know, if he wanted to be a Spartan that bad, fucking done what Leonidas said, like clear the battlefield of dead. Also, if you imagine how many hours they've put into training that phalanx thing, which actually really complicated, you can't just like slot someone in that's never done it. It's like having a football defense and having someone that's never played football before but read loads of books on it and then go out. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a perfect you know, way of putting it. Potential <laughs> defender. It's like, in it. So. You know, you know the theory. So by all means, you can carry out the practical. Yeah. My favorite shot of the entire film is the burning tree. 
Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah. Oh man, that was some Vlad Tepes shit. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. How much? How much? How much did that? Was that inspired by that? It had to be. For sure. Just, just on another, just on another level. But more so. Just, just for reference, it, it Vlad was, Tepes being Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> it, it, it was the. It was just the best example of a page from a comic book coming absolutely to you come to life it was pretty beautiful shot even though yes it was pretty disturbing and that kid you know the kid who comes out of the fire i'm imagining schneider said yo kid you go in there say what you got to say and then you die and i'm just saying that the kid fucking nailed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely that was probably the most convincing acting in the whole film anyway the the, the film is so damn faithful to the graphic novel uh, in terms of the the look, you, you're imagining that the whole film is is a comic book panel, one after the other, after the other. Yeah. Leonidas coming out of that phalanx. Oh, the, bro. the next three seconds just. Baral. That... Even compared to to Game of Thrones, everything that's come since, I still think this holds up as probably. Oof. That for me, right? That was when I saw it. I was like, okay, Zack Snyder's going to kill this. There's points where he purposely accentuates slashes to make him seem stronger than he is, and then certainly, and then at a certain point, slows down certain slashes to, to 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 show the impact of it, and it just keeps going, and it feels like almost like ten minutes, even though it's literally probably like a minute or one minute, and it's the technique, it's the turn around slash, they they go up in the air, that's got that slows, come down, bash with the shield, hit quick hit, slow down. So you like it like proper accentuates like the hits and the power of it, and then when you just when you think it's over, and he knocks that guy down, he's like no 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 prisoners, and then he stabs him like really quick, and it's like man this is, yeah these are the, these are the Spartans, and again this is what again it kind of goes back for me it kind of harks back to the point where, you almost kind of have to watch it, well, to not be offended to to watch it and kind of see it as like I said it's it's a comic it's I, I it's one hundred percent a comic book a comic book story. 100% comic yeah. story. I, don't, I didn't watch it for the history. If I wanted to watch anything about the Battle of, uh, Battle of Thermopylae, I'd, I'd read or watch about the Battle of Thermopylae. Or I would watch the original films, like the 1962 one, or the Gates, uh, the, uh, the Gates of Fire, that another thing that was the, one of the other films that it was uh, based on as well. This, was, this, this, is just, this is all about fantasy. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's literally like watching Game of Thrones or something. That's the way I see it. The battle begins soon after the Spartans' refusal to lay down their weapons. Using the hot gates to their advantage, as well as their superior fighting skills, the Spartans repel wave after wave of advancing Persian army. Xerxes personally approaches Leonidas and offers him wealth and power in exchange for his submission. Leonidas declines and mocks the inferior quality of Xerxes' fanatical warriors. In response, Xerxes spends, sends his elite guard, the Immortals, the Spartans nonetheless defeat them with a few losses with slight help from the Arcadians. This film goes in and out of reminding you that the Arcadians are actually there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, what are they doing during the Hoplite style? Well, again, it's just the film and the comic book. It's called 300. It's focusing on the 300. They're potting. But there's a, it's and, a small and, corridor. And Where the fuck are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I believe there was actually like two thousand odd. There were seven thousand, six, seven thousand. Yeah, there was loads of them. So, I mean, it's like Leonidas. I'm pretty sure Leonidas wouldn't be at the very front of the phalanx either. I could be wrong with that, but that would surprise me. No, but Jared Butler would be. 
Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Proven in the film. So. I hope you, at this point in the film, you can't help but be pumped up before the fight begins. You know, when he... That, that phrase, you know, he give them nothing, but take from them everything. Everything! Which is actually, incidentally, that quote is from Boris Johnson's autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I think about it, that is the title. Is, Boom! Is, is, is this podcast getting political now? Is that what we're... <laughs> Give them something to drink! <laughs> there are so many lines in this film. Even though he actually said, apparently, in another one of the films, saying that was real, was um, they said something like, lay down your weapons, and he's weapons, like, come yeah. and get them. Yeah, come and get them. That's yes. actually a military proposition. The idea is that you're supposed to lay down your arms, your enemy comes and collects them, and, and then you're, you won't get killed. Whereas by saying "come and get them," it, it's basically saying that we won't be giving any quarter. Yeah, it's, it was actually adopted as the motto of the Greek Greek army's first corps. When you have an army of a million, to try and move them and set them up is insane. Like the logistics of feeding, moving, arming troops, mobilization, like locations mobilization like this, is a, is, a, is apparently one of the most difficult things about free, about I military mean, operations. We will been to the beach at summertime right you have to find a place to put your towel down do you imagine probably the most first world problem thing anyone's ever said <laughs> wow the the invasion the invasion the persian the persian greco war and the invasion of 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 greece by persia and xerxes the first Heralded first by his father, Darius the First. <laughs> if you can read it, to put in finding a place to put your beach towel down at Formby. <laughs> a genocidal form wow. of invasion. <laughs> to putting your towel down at Formby. I-, I need to make t shirts. I'm sure they was all like, wait, where did you bring all this shit? We don't need all this. <laughs> like, the distance they travelled and the amount of troops that I mean, what it took to actually like move that army, uh, I, I can't imagine them being able to just run troops all day. At this point in the film, I begin to realise the fact that their fighting style is so good is why I start to zone out a bit because I realise that the, the three hundred, the unit, they're all one person. Yeah, and that's a big problem because you come back. We can come back to it later, but when you're trying to define a single person, a single character here, you can't. Because I can't figure out who is who. And that's because they just they, they don't just fight as one. Each character is just part of a whole other. Like like the blob. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. Because I think this film actually did a great job of making it exciting and sticking to the rule of call. Because I think the phalanx is so much more boring. Like It's a lot more what I think we imagine Romans fight like. Where mm. you're just static and you just have shields and you just poke through the shields. Yeah, that's yeah. what the no one runs out of the phalanx and runs into the enemy. Like that's not how they fight. So, I think they did a great job on making the characters shine. Um, oh, the second best part out. of the film was when the son's head got sh- gets chopped off and the guy goes nuts and starts. Oh, playing. that. Yeah, yeah, that's going crazy. That's that. That's a little, a little bit further on. Funny thing. So remember when we obviously watched this at the time? We obviously all loved it, and uh, we all talk, we obviously made the whole joke about having that one. That one, um, one floor. That one floor to pick at all night to impossible standards. Ding, <laughs> ding. But uh, the funny thing is, I don't know, right? If it's now maybe because technology and what TVs are like and stuff like that, you can see that freaking horse in the background. Mm. <laughs> 
I shit you not. He stood there and he's like, um, Astinos. He's like, Astinos, my son. While he's looking at him, the horse is just chilling. The guy and the horse are just chilling in the background and they're just like, oh yeah, I'm going to wait till you praise your son. Then I'm coming after him. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that's the same white horse that was in the Game of Thrones, ruining everything. On the second day, Xerxes sends in new waves of his army from Asia and other Persian subject states, including war elephants to crush the Spartans, but to no avail. That's a lot of commas in one sentence. <laughs> Fucking hell. Clum- clumsy beasts. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, an in- embittered uh, EFLT defects to Xerxes to whom he reveals <laughs> the secret path in exchange for wealth. Luxury, women, and a Persian uniform. <laughs> yeah, he did. The Ar- Arcadians <laughs> retreat upon learning that EFLT's <laughs> betrayal. But the Spartans stay. Leonidas orders the injured but reluctant Delios to return to Sparta and tell them of what's happened. A tale of victory. I would be so fucking relieved if I was sent back from the front line. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Only one looks back. Do you, only, do you know what happened one. to the actual dude, though? What, Are we Delius? jumping ahead? Or do you want to know the, the story of Delius in real life? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It's a lot less dramatic. He actually had an eye infection. <laughs> he didn't lose a fucking eye. Um, so because of the eye infection, he got sent back, apparently, by Leonidas to tell the story of the 300. Wow. Uh, when he returned, it was disgraced because he didn't die with the 300. It's crazy because <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. it's, 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 it's so true. Like You know the whole line about um, come back on your shield, come back with your shield or on it. Um, yeah. That she says that again. That's absolutely. That's apparently also a Spartan, actual Spartan saying as well. Where, because if it was, it was deemed or seen that it, if they like when they were in, in in retreat, you obviously drop your shield to be able to kind of run back. So if you, it was kind of seen as like a most of the women didn't want their their men to return unless they either won or obviously died. So uh, yeah, so Delius uh, in real life makes gets his name back because he dies at the Battle of Plataea. Plantia? Plantia? Plantia, yeah, Plantia. Yeah, Quasimodo is now in Xerxes' pocket, and I don't really blame him. Xerxes is willing to offer the guy what Leonidas is not. I've got to admit, you can't argue with that whole, that whole thing where that line where he says, where Leonidas wants you to, uh, it demands that you stand, I only ask that you kneel. It's like, mate, he's nailed it. Nailed it. Like Ben said, should have killed, should have killed him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to yeah. have seen it coming. <laughs> he had it coming. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah. do think he got duped on his fucking uniform, though. <laughs> mate, bro, he got fucking dumb, bro. Mate, you know, uh, hold on, so they pro- hold on. They probably didn't have a uniform that would fit him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. funny how literally they were like he was like the entire time he's like I just want a uniform and then you see the, when you see the uniform for the first time you were like <laughs> that you literally have a flaccid penis on your head what is going on uh, in Sparta Queen Gorgo tries to persuade the Spartan council to send reinforcements to aid the 300 uh, Theron a corrupt politician claims that he owns the council and threatens the queen who reluctantly submits to his sexual demands in return for his help. When Theron disgraces her in front of the council, uh, Gorgo kills him out of rage, revealing within his robe a bag of Xerxes' gold. Acknowledging his betrayal, the council unanimously agrees to send reinforcements. 
On the third day, the Persians, led by Eophiltes, traversed the secret path encircling the Spartans. Theron was so fucking stupid for having that gold on him. Absolutely. I agree. That Absolutely. was. But it was also he's. I played. I was toying with that because I was like, it's stupid he had it on him. But then also like, would you fucking leave it at home? For like, no, you put it in your safe place. You man. got kids and wife. Put it in that like, hollowed out oh. dictionary and put it on your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was thinking personality wise though that his arrogance is on a yeah, like arrogant. he is absolutely like, arrogant. Yeah, I'm not like, suggesting he thinks he's untouchable. Not suggesting that he knew he was going to get knifed by a woman in the that Senate. Was, I can I just talk about how much I enjoyed that stabbing. Yeah, man. Ah, oh, yeah, it's one of my most fa- like it's one of the most. It just feels like absolute. Like, it feels like a reward. Do you know what I mean? Ah, oh, it's yeah. brilliant. I didn't see it coming at all, and she fucking owned it. The guy oh, raped her. Oh, it was awesome. The guy Absolutely. raped her, she kills him. Absolutely. Good for her. Absolutely. Because, again, in Spartan culture, women had surprisingly more rights than women of that age in general. Because mm. they were seen as the mothers of real men, if that makes sense. What? So maybe yeah. he was wrapped up in some kind of weird pseudo-misogyny, but still... <laughs> Anton, you're so fucking shit hot when it comes to remembering names of characters. I mean, this is nothing new. Obviously, we've known this for years. But EFLTs. <laughs> In a film full of unpronounceable and unmemorable names, you just nail it every time. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Every now and then, you just I will just flick over to IMDb. I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. See how he just slows his voice as he very slowly types in cast. Hundred. So, as I was saying about Dilios, um... <laughs> Xerxes' general again demands their surrender. Leonidas seemingly kneels in submission, allowing Stelios to leap over him and kill the general. Angered, Xerxes orders his troops to attack. Leonidas throws his spear at Xerxes, barely missing him. The spear cuts across and wounds his face. Proving the God King's mortality. Leonidas and his remaining Spartans fight to the last man until they finally succumb to an arrow barrage. Dilios, now back in Sparta, concludes his tale before the council. Inspired by Leonidas' sacrifice, the Greeks mobilize. One year later, the Persians face an army of 30,000 free Greeks led by a vanguard of 10,000 Spartans. After one final speech commemorating the 300, Dilios, now head of the Spartan army, leads them to battle against the Persians across the fields of Plataea. Kneeling at one's feet, it's such a soulless gesture, isn't it? But it's enough to leave Sparta. It's it's enough of a gesture for Xerxes to leave Sparta pretty much as as its own kingdom. He's basically Mm. saying, yeah, you you are going to be a subject state, but you're completely autonomous. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. People can call you emperor or whatever. And it's also a gesture that's... I wouldn't want... I know I have possessions and I have a family and I would want to protect them, but yeah, I can't imagine someone owning my freedom. And that is what kneeling at one's feet really is, isn't it? That was exactly the whole thing with the whole air, earth, uh, earth and water thing. It was just that... No, I don't that... mind doing it as deception, but I mean, for real, like, okay, literally, if I do this, will you leave us alone? Yeah. Because I think it's like it's the it's the I mean even even one of the things he had uh one of, like even when he was going to be like oh warlord of Greece or whatever, um, it's the fact that he will always be answerable to, to Xerxes, no matter what, so they'd never be free. 
even if they have the even if they had the even if it felt like they were or it, like it was implied that they were they never actually would be free uh, and that was basically what he was they were always going to win in fight I guess and especially with Spartans it's just, it's just such a contradiction to how Spartans at least the Spartans in this I know. 100 world live sure. their lives but I, I just want to reiterate that I, I do believe that war is deception and I also believe that there is no fight that's fair you've got to fight dirty if someone's got you in a fight fight dirty you know that it's all about self-preservation i would deceive in order to gain the upper hand because it's fucking war it's not a tea party yeah yeah I thought, uh, yeah i mean very much very much so absolutely in terms of kind of military strategies absolutely there's they go through, they all go through that i think this in this film that wasn't pretty much the it wasn't it was literally very much like a, mach, a machismo way of we fight our way through everything and you could probably even technically argue as well that when Leonidas got to the point where he knew it was definite that they were going to die because even one of the one of the things that kind of that one of the things that goes through the whole film is he never kind of admits or says he loves the queen even to her mm-hmm. and there's all that passing back of the necklace until the point where he's going to die and he is, he doesn't even he doesn't even use deception up until that particular point as well. It's like, okay, I'm at the, I'm at the point where we're going to die. I'll do all I can knowing I'm going to die. That makes sense? Yeah. It's all gr- it's all well and good. Just I just have a problem with Leonidas's character and it never changes. I don't think we even had a glimpse of who he was outside of being the king and general of an army and maybe that's because he wasn't anyone. But uh you know, that's all he was. Um but the, you know, we deliberately don't get any insight into uh, his relationship with his wife other than the BDSM. He doesn't learn from any mistakes. He doesn't come He doesn't come to understand something that he didn't before. He doesn't overcome a fatal flaw. There is nothing... And that is indicative of the entire cast, I think. I mean, but I think... But again, like, Leonidas at the beginning, we, there's certain things we understand. He loves Greece. He loves his wife. He's... Um, or Sparta. He very much kind of upholds or has an image of what Sparta should be and whether or not that is in line with the the what the e-force thing or the way or the way they should do things that's him so that that is that is basically pretty much how he is to the point where he's going to willing and he's willing to go and die on a battlefield for it knowing the repercussions of the fact that in essence Greece will eventually have to rise up against it so he's willing to kind of make that and prove that point. And his wife very much understands that as well, which is why she's pleading on his behalf from a political perspective. With his growth, the big thing for him is that whole thing with the whole, like, he doesn't say he, he, doesn't say he loves his wife. Um, even when there's a message that Delius is going to take back, he still doesn't give her the message or doesn't say it physically or doesn't say it. He just gives her the necklace, which is obviously meant to imply it. And it's not till he very much dies where it's like, my love. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there is, there, is, there is growth there. It's just not, at the end of the day, it's still 300 and it's still very much about, really, sm- smashing the shit out <laughs> of Persians in a stylistic way. It's not so much about the growth of, a, of an individual uh, as it is so much about seeing how well Leonidas can kick ass. Do you know what I mean? One thing that I'm happy to confirm is that we didn't throw any bollocks cards out this time around. Yeah, it's too it's too simple for bollocks. Yeah, was, I was I was so close when that motherfucker was walking down the street blowing two flutes at once, but I held it back. <laughs> <laughs> when they were marching, he's got two flutes. 
no, no, sir. There's also the 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 film blazes past with such a pace that there's there's definitely no Wilfred Award. Time is of the essence, literally. Do we have an Avenger? I see. I see. <laughs> the 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 dude the dude on the horse. How he managed to get past all the. <laughs> He's, he's fucking he's fucking Nightcrawler. Let's face it. <laughs> Single horseman charging a line. Absolutely on a white horse for that matter. I think uh, I was going to go for the Oracle girl. I was like, maybe she can read the future. This for me, despite the very Top Gun feel between him and Astinos, uh, Stelios is probably my 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 uh, my choice. Although it, that that kind of makes sense since he's fucking Magneto, so he, he probably yeah, wasn't. Yeah. He actually literally is an Avenger. Yeah, that, that was going to be mine. Yeah, <laughs> he literally is an Avenger, so... All right, well, should I go first with the rating? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm tempted to go into the whole, you know, myth and history being conflated as a problem angle, but I'm not, okay? I, I get that, you know, there's just... There's, uh, Anton, you keep saying it, and you're absolutely right. This is a film based on a comic book and shouldn't be looked at as any kind of shouldn't shouldn't, shouldn't be uh, used in conjunction with with a historical event but the problem is there's no actual fact that this event took place because people use fiction to create facts you know we choose what we decide as myth and what is history and i can't stand the patriotism of it of this film and if you don't you know i i if you don't like films like the patriot or pearl harbor i don't know how you know, anyone can give this film a 10 out of 10, do you know what I mean? Having said that, the film rocked in 2007, and I had no idea what the theme was back then. I wasn't much interested in the war in Iraq. Uh, uh, I didn't care about what was going on with Congress not sending more troops out. I, I just didn't care. It was just a tale of blood, swords, and severed limbs. Um, it was just loud and insane. And to that degree, it still entertains me to this very day. And I'm not going to let the... I, I, I'm going to give it a modest score of... I'm going to go with 7 out of 10. That's fair. That's fair. I can understand that. For me personally, um, like I said, you kind of hit the nail on the head. There is, for me, I don't watch any part of this as a historical, so I don't even, I don't even see it as something where, I don't even see it as a representation of the Battle of Thermopylae. That makes sense? I, I I almost feel like it takes place in its own universe. It's almost like, it's almost like, a, 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 an MCU or DCU movie. It's its own world. Do you know what I mean? I don't... You can you can argue or kind of talk about the... Frank Miller's issues and kind of what he tried to represent and all that kind of stuff and the underlying tones and stuff and things like that. And I think, again, that's very, very much individual. Like I said, even of someone of African descent, it doesn't bother me. This, they're not talking about history. They're, this is just a, a film. It's bad guys. It's good guys versus bad guys. Like, get the representation, but... That wasn't what it was sought out to do. So, in my opinion, for what it is, it literally is just a flashy, violent, stylistic comic book film about some buff-ass dudes fighting monsters. In essence, <laughs> literally, literally is what it is. I don't take it, I don't take it as anything more than that. Um, and watching it now, I, mate, it was as, it was as enjoyable as when I did. The first time, so for me, it's quite. It's it's still a good film. So I go again. I think what I'm gonna the reason I'm gonna have to mark it down is because one of the things we're obviously doing in this podcast is we still like back then or back on now. It, it represents it represents or I understand more now 
the issues with it, if that makes sense. Like the fact that I can literally kind of go through it and, and uh, name which nation nationality was against which freaking monster, etc. So because that, that, that will mark it down for me, but it still is what it is. And I liked it. So I'm going with an eight. Nice. Ian, before you go, did you do your dissertation on this or was that just an idea? Nope, uh, I didn't do a dissertation. I did do a essay on it. I I love this film. Um, I I wrote, as you just heard, an article on uh, a uh, shit. What is it? Coursework? Essay. Essay. Thank you. I wrote an essay on it while I was at uni. Comparing it against the comic book and hearing what the director said that all of it it's based on the comic book. There's nothing political on it. There has been some influence, but. I, I enjoy this film because it's a, f a fun film. Uh, I definitely don't look at it for historical accuracy or anything to, to, to learn about what this battle was or the Spartans were or even the Persians. Um, it has also led me, however, though, to watch many hours of documentaries on Persia, Xerxes, exactly. yeah. uh, Sparta, Leonidas. I've actually even followed the chain of kings after Leonidas to find out what happened to the Spartans. And, and so for me it actually led to a wealth of knowledge to the point where at points I was actually looking at where it was on a map to, to go visit because I was mm. like if it's anywhere near anywhere cool shit when are we going so bad to go I'd love to go visit yeah, I mean I'd place, head to Thermopylae absolutely do you think it's uh, a little bit out of the way but uh, well clearly because it was a but um man they're, 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 I, I loved every second of it um my rating's going to be a 9.5 fuck <laughs> nice nice I Truly, truly. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm very tempted. I'm very tempted to add a point five to mine because I've, I've, I've marked it down. I don't know. I don't know if I should mark it down a whole one because I thought of nine to eight because of it's not. It's definitely not a ten, but the nine to to eight will mark it down for the for the uh, the political I, stuff. But then again, I the political stuff isn't what it's about. That, that's that's what that's that I'm talking with. That like I hate. I, I think when you said it, it did also hit me as well. Like, if you do look at it, that it's, you know... But I think it would be very ignorant to ignore it at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's I, where I, I find my that's where I find my, myself wondering, because I just... Uh, part of me, who's a 21-year-old, who still just loves the savagery and the um, epicness of the tale and, 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 and all of that good stuff that comes with it. But it's only because back then I did not give a shit about... And I, when I say I don't give a shit, I was so ignorant towards Islamophobia. It's not the same now. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think for me, I think for me, for like, it's like, it's almost because the film is based on the graphic novel. The issue should be more almost with the graphic novel and Frank Miller than the film, because the film is just a representation of that. Now, obviously, we know for a fact that Snyder changed certain things, but with Snyder, we all know what Snyder's like. That was more for the stylistic style of uh, styles of it than anything else. Um, a lot of a lot of the political ramifications of it came from the actual graphic novel, so it's like, and again, that's, it's almost a little bit of play, a playing devil's advocate, but you can almost kind of remove the film further because of that. But at the same time, you can't be learned in any way and deny how people would take, how especially Iranians would take that. They very much see the time of Xerxes, etc., as, as one of their kind of glory days. So it's coming and literally shit on it with, with Leonidas, etc. Would, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'd obviously take that, so I can understand. But for just what the film is itself... I, I, yeah, I'll go with 8.5. 8.5 is good. That's, yeah. It gives us a 25 out of 30. 
as this is our second episode, and consequently our second movie reviewed, 300 immediately snatches the top spot away from Snatch. You might say it kicks Snatch down a dark, dank, bottomless pit. That was all Ian. That was Ian and his ridiculous scoring. Where it needs to be. Hey, Anton, I told you not to give that extra point five. (laughs) You played right into his hands. I'm not going to... I, I enjoy, like I said, I enjoyed the film for what it was. Absolutely. For what it was, you can't, and even watching it now, it was the same feeling. I can't deny that. But no, it was. it's no epic. It's no 9.5 like Ian's put up. Never there. side with Ian. Hey, like Emperor Palpatine, I am... he's too dangerous to be left alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that film on again right now, right after we finish. <laughs> it's going back on again. A celebratory watching. So, for a week at least, 300 is our number one. All right, that's it. No, no more, Ian. Fuck off. (laughs) And I I mean that. That's part of the show. (laughs) It's that time again where we find out what film we are going to review next. Uh, As you know, we pulled sound bites from 40 films originally, converted them to MP3s. Lauren, my wife diligently renames each file uh, a number from originally one to 40 now less so essentially i nor ian nor anton have any idea which file is which so uh ian would you like to pick a number uh, 24 why why 24 uh favorite basketball player kobe bryant originally number eight though i'm just putting it out there mm. uh, he was always 24 for me though when I started watching. <laughs> okay, what is behind file 24? She wants to go through the whole phone book. Yeah, we'll put a call into Aaron A. Aronson, shall we? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Yarp. <Love> Yarp. <laughs> Yarp. Narp. This one's oh, going to be fun. So many, so many lines. Oh, so God. many lines. It needs no introduction. The Swan, really? the Service... And the Simon are coming to a podcast near you. <laughs> I like it. The Swan. The Simon. <laughs> Everyone's packing around here. Yep. Next week, hot fuzz. And until then, we've got some rewatching to do. So, just want to thank my co-hosts, Anton. This is Sparta. Ian. This is Sparta. Hello, Joyce. Hello, Joyce. What are you doing this far time? Oh my god! I'm sorry. There was no need. There was no. There was no need. That made. That made. That made zero sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, viewers. I. I don't even know if Just Friends is on our list. I don't even. Can't even remember. <laughs> So it's that time in the podcast where we need to make like Anthony Stewart and head. So Ian, please take it away. So remember, folks, your futures haven't been written yet. No one's has. Your next picture is whatever you make it. So make it a good one.